Thank you, Junior Bells. Well done. Good morning. Welcome to our 11 o'clock service on this, the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. Good grief. Time flies. Advent here, two weeks. It's great. It's good to be together. Welcome to those of you in the room. Many more, as we know, joining us online all over the place. It's good to worship God together in this way. Uh, as I look around, and I met some of you before the service, you're visiting with us. We are really honored uh, that you have come. We hope you'll come back. We hope you'll leave us uh, maybe some contact information. I think there's a QR code. You also just hand me your cell phone number. I'll text you. We can uh, become friends. We can pray for you. We can tell you more about the church. Uh, it's just good to be together. My name's James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Bill Roth. Welcome, everybody. I would call your attention to, to the bulletin today, and especially the insert, all the many different ways in which you can get involved in the life of this great church and its many, many ministries. I'm going to highlight two things going on very quickly. One is uh, Mary Market, which is a way in which we buy gifts for children. We have over 300 children who are served in that ministry. Go online, purchase a gift for a child. That's a great way to be involved. Also, uh, coming up soon, the Christmas tree lot will be set up, and so right now it's time to pre-order your Christmas trees from the youth, so get that done this week online as well. And now let us continue to worship together.
Our affirmation of faith this morning is printed in your worship bulletin. It is the Apostle Creed. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. It is our great privilege at the service to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Kelly and Ben Chesson bring their son, Gray Michael, for the sacrament today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation, given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you now, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sins? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself profess his faith openly and lead a Christian life. If so, say we will. And will you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? And will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, say we will. Friends, let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. When you saw your people as captives in Egypt, you delivered them through the sea, their children you brought into the promised land through the Jordan. In the fullness of time, you sent your son Jesus. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he calls on us to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection. Pour out your spirit, Holy Spirit, now to bless this gift of water in him who receives it, to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in your final victory. All praise to eternal Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Hmm. Ray Michael Cheston, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Therefore, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We rejoice to welcome you to the family of God. 
I invite you now to turn your worship bulletins to the prayer confession, which is printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. And hear the good news this morning. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. stand for the reading of the gospel. <laughs> the gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 25, beginning with the 14th verse. For it will be when a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the counts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you have delivered me two talents. Here, I have made you two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant! You knew that I reaped where I have not sowed, and gather where I have not winnowed? And you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be more given, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the 10th grade, my best friend Carl and I took to the stage for the Brooke and Casey High School talent show. Uh, the program for this has somehow survived all of these years. And uh, I played piano, Carl played guitar, we harmonized, we dashed off two Beatles tunes. When the program was over, they announced the winners. Carl and I inexplicably came in second place. The prize for second place was $3. Carl took a dollar, I took a dollar, there's the $1 left. Carl picked it up and tore it in half. And friends, I still have <laughs> my half dollar. And Carl carries his in his wallet. Isn't that amazing? Talent. Carl, it turned out, had a talent for environmental law and had a successful career, although he's actually continued to use his music talents in his church. He plays in a band and sings. Uh, as for me, I, I don't know about talent, but I'm doing something that I love uh, doing. Jesus' story here isn't about talents. Jesus is doing, oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Although, if you have talents, it's a great thing to use them for God. If you're good at, if you have a talent for souffles, for painting, for plumbing, for making money, for singing. Jen, good grief. Um, I told her she sung with us forever, but I've never heard her sing by herself. She's got a talent for singing. Use it for God. Uh, that, that's a good thing to do, although I would caution you, God doesn't just want our talents, our strengths, the things that we're good at. What God actually wants, I think, is also our uh, brokenness, our woundedness. I know for me, <clears throat> if I've been any use to God, it's not because of my talents, my brains, my hard work, whatever. If I've been any use to God, it's because at some point I decided to let God into my woundedness, my brokenness. And that's where God has done some work. Uh, translations of the Bible, they generally say talents, even though that wasn't what Jesus had in mind, talanta. Uh, the only translation I know of that really got this right is the NIV. The NIV is the New International Version. Or as a friend of mine puts it, the NIV is the Nearly Infallible Version. I love that. The nearly infallible version says instead of talent, it says bag of gold, right? This is true. And scholars have studied this. They believe that a talanto wasn't just a bag of gold. It was a 70-pound, roughly, bag of gold. So think about it. The first servant is given five. 
70-pound bags of gold. That's more money than I've made or dream of making in my lifetime, and maybe you as well. And Jesus is telling the story to poor people. They've never even had one little chunk of gold to manage in their lives. And Jesus presents a scenario where you got to go out and manage that kind of money. They would be utterly clueless over what to do. That's what Jesus does. He's always just blowing our minds with our stories, with his stories it's trying to tell us something. Of course, the bags of gold, the treasure in Jesus' story, uh, it's always the gospel. God gives us the gospel, the astonishing gift of the gospel. And if we have any small understanding of what it's about, it's just, it's just, it's so much. We're clueless over what to do. It's so magnificent. We do have a choice like uh, the three in Jesus' story. You can take a chance, you can invest, you can have some courage, you can let it go out into the world, or you can take the gospel and let, let's just kind of play it safe, let's keep it for ourselves, let's cover it up, let's keep it, and so on. Now, what is the gospel that we're talking about? Uh, we have these bookends coming up, Christmas and then Easter. God becomes flesh in Jesus, but then Jesus later is crucified and raised from the dead. But, but that part of the gospel is enveloped in something even larger. It begins in creation itself, and it goes until the consummation of all things. That's part of the gospel as well. I've been thinking about creation. Creation is a long, dazzling spectacle. Creation. Uh, the world is a museum of wonders that we're invited to enjoy, to delight in. Um, this past week, I, um, I went to uh, Toronto in Canada to visit a friend of mine, a close friend of mine that I've not seen since well before COVID. And on Monday morning, we got up and drove to Niagara Falls, where my parents honeymoon when they got married. I've never been to Niagara Falls. So we got there, and if you haven't seen it, there is a lot of water there. And what was interesting is everybody was doing what I was doing. I pulled out my phone to take a photo. People around me were pulling up their phone, and they were saying things. One guy said, wow. And another guy right next to me, he had his phone up. He said it was a four-letter word that I will not repeat here. <laughs> it is an ugly word, but in context, it seemed to be the word that came to him to express Wow, we're doing this. And so we noticed people doing this, and Jason reminded me of our friend Rabbi Steve Sager. Steve, longtime rabbi in Durham, good friend, died earlier this year. Steve had told Jason about when he took his children to Niagara Falls. And when they saw Niagara Falls, they did not pull telephones out of their pockets. Instead, they in unison recited a prayer that they had all learned when they were children. And that prayer that they said on seeing Niagara Falls was, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, maker of the wonders of nature. See the difference there? Wow! Or, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, maker of the wonders of of nature. We have a choice. What are we going to do with the beauty of the world? About the time I was in that talent show, Jenny Mitchell came out, of song, came out with a song that included the lyric, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Maybe God wants us to be conservatives, to conserve the wonder of what God has given us. We have a choice. Uh, second thing in the gospel, of course, Christmas is coming, and we get confused about it. We go, oh, it's Jesus' birthday party, and it's Jesus' birth. But what Christmas invites us to do, this is so interesting, is that, is that God, the message of Christmas is that God became small to show us his heart. God became small so that we might love him. God became small that so we might be tender. God, at Christmas, became what every one of us, it's the one thing that we all share in common, and that is we once upon a time were someone's infant child. We were in someone's womb. We were born. We were someone's infant, totally dependent and vulnerable. Like God entered into that. And that's an invitation for you to look into yourself, to look, look into your body, to look into your mind, to look into your heart. And what you see there is exactly what God became for us, with us.
so much wonder. Last Sunday's uh, sermon, if there was anything good in it, it was due to the uh, novelist Marilyn Robinson. I read another essay of hers this week where she said she read somewhere that the number of neurons in your brain, how many neurons in your brain? You have no idea. The number of neurons in your brain, that number is more than the number of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. I think about that. The number of neurons in your brain it's more than the number of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Her conclusion from this is every person you pass is a greater marvel than our galaxy. Like that. And it's not just the neurons that scientists can measure. There's even more in each one of those people, and we might call it, I don't know, your soul, the part of you that dreams, the part of you that loves, the part of you that your heart gets broken, the part of you that's capable of compassion, the part of you that dreams. Everyone has that. That is why in last week's sermon I pointed out that in the Bible, the poor are never vilified or blamed, ever. In the Bible, the foreigner is never despised. Why? God created each of their brains with more neurons than there are stars in the Milky Way. God created each one of them with a soul, with dreams, so much that when that means that we've got a choice. Like we, we can do what the world says to do with the people that we pass. We can ignore them. We can blame them, whatever. Or we can do as the gospel invites us. We can walk with them. We can be with them. We can be sure that everyone is housed, that everyone is clothed, that everyone is educated. So we have a choice. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're new to me, you may not know that um, my father-in-law was a pastor. He was a pastor here, actually. He died a month ago yesterday. And uh, he's a great pastor. I told some of you this before, but I want to repeat it for a different reason. And um, when he died, people started reaching out to me knowing I would speak at his funeral. And they said, oh, they told me all the great things that he had done. I tried to collect some of those. Only one of them really mattered. And the one thing is more than you need to know about my father-in-law. So my father-in-law grew up as a person of privilege. He grew up in a very wealthy home. He went to Davidson College. He upgraded to Duke University. Then he downgraded to Cambridge University. <laughs> He was a person of immense privilege, but when he was done with all of that, the bishop said to him, I'm going to send you to this poor mill village, and no one there is educated, and no one there has any wealth at all. And when he went there, the people didn't say, wow, we got a guy of privilege. Instead, a woman in our church, an older woman, she was a teenager when he came as her pastor, she said to me, we loved him so much. I said, why did you love him so much? She said, he was just one of us. He was just one of us. Jesus became one of us, but he became one of us in a way that shows us what we are able to be if we stick around with him. Jesus, this is amazing. Jesus touched lepers. Everybody else ran and hid. Oh, it's going to, but Jesus touched lepers. Jesus saw five loaves of bread and saw the potential in it and thought, I think we can feed 5,000 people with this. <laughs> Jesus told a story about a father that had two sons, and one of them took half the family's fortune and wasted it in riotous living. When he comes home, you expect the father to say, well, I told you, better grumble and be sick. But no, the father ran and embraced the boy and threw a party. He loved him so much. Jesus says, love your enemy. And he did love his. I love the hymns that we sing about Jesus, fairest Lord Jesus, beautiful Savior. Next month, we will sing, O Holy Child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. My grandparents had one they loved to sing, there is a name I love to hear, oh, how I love Jesus. <laughs> Come uh, later, we'll sing, uh, at some point, we'll sing, how great thou art. I love the third stanza, which is, and when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. And then Easter's coming, and my favorite moment in Easter, we process into the opening hymn, and my favorite words are when we sing, soar we now where Christ has led. 
My Aunt Barbara died last night. She was the last of her, uh, of my dad's generation. All the siblings and their spouses, she was the last one and she's gone. And my cousins and I were texting around last night and everybody was saying, oh, they're all together now. She's with her brother, she's with her sister, she's with her son who died at age 32. She's with our grandparents, her parents, they're all together now. And that is true and that's a glorious thing, but it's not all. She's not only with them, she is now with all the other people. And she's not just with all the other people, she is, how do I talk about this? She is with Jesus, and we know enough about Jesus to say, oh, how I love Jesus, he's amazing. But my Aunt Barbara now sees him clearly, she sees him face to face. I can just imagine the glory, the wonder of that, we have a choice. We're gonna stick close to this guy, take risks, be courageous for him, or, or just kinda, of, you know, cover it up, kinda of keep it safe for ourselves. We're called to embody it, and that means that we're part of a church. A church is unusual, we don't have uh, entrance fees, although financial gifts are welcome, but we don't charge you to come in the door. We don't bet you, if you say you wanna join the church, well, here's a, an application, give us some references, we'll see if you're up to snuff. Just anybody can come, anyone can come. We don't do that. You know what we are as the church? We are, this is so weird, mind-boggling, we are Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We are Jesus' hands and feet and eyes and smile and goodness. Uh, we are Jesus' touch in the world. Um, last uh, Friday night, Lisa and I watched, uh, at long last, the Barbie movie. i would yet to know why that's funny when I just say we watched the Barbie movie. Here's what's funny. At the beginning of the movie, I made a vow to myself. I will find something in this movie that will work in Sunday's sermon. It, I was watching the timer. It was almost over, and I was despairing that there would be anything in the Barbie movie, but then it came, and it was so beautiful. Barbie, as you may know this, if you've watched it, the turn of the story, she says, I want to be part of the people that make meaning. I want to be part of the people that make meaning. And I thought, I do too. And you do too. And we are part of the people that make meaning. I can't find a lot of meaning out there in the world. I know people like that, they're, 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 we're rushing around. What are we rushing toward? That's not really clear. What are we rushing away from? That's not really clear either. I just can't find a lot of meaning. If you get what you think you have, that's not enough. And then, ah, uh, we're the place that makes meaning. We're the people that make meaning. I love that we named our capital campaign for our building, Hope is Here. This is the place of hope. It's not being cocky, hope is here. I don't know where else it is. We had a meeting the other day about our building fund and looking at kind of how we're gonna finish it off and can we invite people who haven't given yet to be part of it so they would know the joy of it. And we were fretting a little bit and then one guy in the meeting said, guys, we gotta remember it's God's building. It's God's church. It is God's church. We are God's stewards. I don't know if you're paying attention during the baptism. When I do the candle, I know what you were thinking today. You were thinking, that child looks heavy. And he was heavy in a great way. And you're also thinking, oh, that's just so cute. But if you're listening to what I'm saying, when I light that candle, what do I say? I say, let your, and I'm speaking to the infant, but I'm speaking to all of us as the church, let your light so shine before others that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. The question is, do we do that? Do we let our light shine so that people glorify God? Marilyn Robinson, I read this this week from her. It has haunted me. She said, what if they look at us, but they see no works? or the works that they see are stingy, ouch. The hopes that moved Christ are disappointed day after day because we stand between grave need and gracious heaven. We are God's stewards. He has placed his hope in us, his hope for the well-being of orphans, strangers, laborers, the whole nation. 
one by one. We have a choice. We have a choice. We're going to be brave, courageous, take risks, let it go. We're going to play it safe forever. I'll close here with, um, I'm going to go back to the talent show theme. When my daughter Grace was a little girl, we would uh, a couple times a year go to um, those ballet recitals. I've been trying all morning to think of the best adjective for a ballet recital. Um, yeah, marathon? <laughs> I don't know. You go and it's like 11 hours. And you come for 30 seconds. And the 30 seconds you come for is when your little precious darling trots out on stage and does her a chape and plie, and you're done, but you can't leave then. So one time, uh, <clears throat> I couldn't leave, so I was staying, and I, I was surprised by this. Uh, the, the, the group, one of the ballet group leaders came out, she had a microphone in her hand, and she lines the little girls up, and she says, I, I'm going to ask these children, what do you want to be when you grow up? So she comes to the first little girl, she bends down, and she says, what do you want to be when you grow up? This little girl says, when I grow up, I want to be rich. <laughs> and I looked over, and I saw her mother just dissolving. Her mother, someone that I knew, wanted to be rich, like many people in that room, like many people in this room. And I will not chide you for this. I say, go for it. Become as rich as you possibly can be. Let's be rich in the things of God. Let's be rich in compassion. Let's be rich in being generous. Let's be rich in being holy and being prayerful. Let's be as rich as we could be. You know, one of the talent show things, this is absolutely the last thing. My daughter Sarah, uh, when she was five years old, she entered our church talent show, and uh, she sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I played the piano. I perched her up on top of the piano. She was great. Like, Judy Garland never sang it so well. Inexplicably, she came in second place. <laughs> it's like the Howell family curse. We never win these things. Anyway, fast forward to her wedding. We're ramping up toward her wedding. I've told some of you this before. She calls me one day and she says, Dad, you know how they have that uh, first uh, that father-daughter dance at the reception? And I said, yes. Like, I have no talent at dancing. She said, I don't want to do that. I try not to let her hear my... <laughs> she said, instead, I want to have a first song. She said, tell me about the first song. She said, I want you to play the piano, and I'm going to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It was pretty cool, better than a dance. But I think that song is actually the word for us today, not just a word for a girl who's getting married. You probably know the words to it, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Way Up High. There's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue, and the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Why are you here today? I hope you're here today because this place is a dream incubator. In this place, we learn how to dream, not the world's dreams, but God's dreams. Here we learn how to dream of being the body of Christ, of being the people of God, of being people who say, thank you, creator of the wonders of nature. The people who see in every person a marvel. <laughs> the people who walk alongside those people that nobody else will walk alongside. The people who want to be like Jesus. That's our dream. That's our dream. You'll even find yourself, you got all this fabulous wealth of the gospel, and you'll even want to do like Carl did. You want to divide it and give it to somebody else. It'll be such a treasure when you do that. When we do these things, then at the end of time, when you wind up like my Aunt Barbara or my father-in-law, and you've lived your life for Christ, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Heavenly God, as the holiday season approaches, attune our thoughts and actions to you, O Lord. Grant us the courage to choose holiness in our thoughts, actions, and speech, that we may be more like you. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for the times we fail. Lord, in your mercy. All loving God, you understand our wounds. You understand what has hurt us and what continues to cause us pain. You have heard our cries and you have never left us. Lord, help us to heal. Help us to not let old patterns repeat themselves. Give us the courage to seek help when we need it and to lean on your healing power. Lord, in your mercy. God, as the holiday week approaches, prepare our hearts to be in environments that might feel tense, painful, and even unwelcoming. Grant us peace when we feel hurt, patience when we feel frustrated. And Lord, help us to see the best in others and ourselves as we celebrate this week. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we know that loneliness will be known by many this week. We lift up all those who are separated from their families by geography, illness, or conflict. We lift up those who are mourning the loss of a loved one and those who do not yet have a family or friends to celebrate this holiday with. Be with them. Fill their table with your abundant love. Lord, in your mercy, God, fill our hearts with gratitude as we celebrate and appreciate all that is good that comes from you. Let us be formed by your goodness as we pray the prayer your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare for today's time of tithes and offering, we, I give you thanks for the ways in which you've continued to be generous with our church. One of the things that we get to celebrate this today and in this season is the Children's Advent Devotional, which is available. Uh, this will be a time for you to continue to be in prayer throughout this season and to celebrate the beautiful artwork of our children as we enter this Advent season together. So thank you for your continued generosity.
gather and practice gratitude together, we ask that that gratitude can be transformed into generosity, and that generosity can be transformed into the building up of your kingdom. We pray all these things in the Lord's name. Amen. of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us both now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.